Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. All right. Welcome back, everyone. This is The Kelly Roach Show. I'm super excited to have a very special guest with me today, Melanie Ann Lair. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, we are going to have a great conversation today. So, Melanie, you have a fascinating story where you've gone against the grain with everything that you've done to build your business from the ground up, bootstrapping, really taking a little idea and turning it into an empire. And so let's get started today by talking a little bit about your journey as a business owner, how it began, how it evolved, where you are today. And then we're going to dig into a little bit of the magic of what you teach, which is fascinating and is also going to be wildly helpful for all of our listeners in really opening up their next level. So why don't you start off, Melanie, by dialing the clock backwards and Um, kind of starting us at the beginning of your business building journey. um, Talk to me about how that actually began for you. Well, there's a million points of entry that I could choose because this is a crazy thing. When you look back in hindsight, you realize success is like a highway and there's so many opportunities. There's so many different places where I entered that highway. But I think one cool place to start is maybe just starting my life coaching business Mm-hmm. which at the time was really something I was doing for me and for myself. Every, yeah. I was like on a personal development journey for myself, trying to rebuild my life. And it just kind of happened where I got reconnected with a friend I hadn't spoken to in a while. And she kind of talked to me about what she was going through. And I shared with her what mindset and emotional structures I was using for myself to help myself through some difficult times. And she kind of tried some stuff on that I was telling her about. She called me back. She was like, Melanie, there's a way that you speak. I can't explain it. Like I, I got what you said and I implemented it and everything is changing. My relationship's turning around. I feel so different. Like I've talked about you to friends of mine and I've got friends that want a session with you. And at this point I'd never had a, I'd never done a paid coaching call in my life. I had to Google pricing to figure yeah. out what's right. And I, I made a decision. I was charging hundred dollars per session and I had a word of mouth only business. So only referrals. I didn't have any social media. I didn't have a, a website. I didn't have anything. People just sent bank transfers and I was the invisible coach. I was a referral only. And I gave 20% uh, referral commission yeah. on a hundred dollar sessions. Yeah. And I built a six figure business that way. The first year that I started. And it was crazy because the referrals just kept coming and they were coming for all different reasons. So Someone may have started with me for relationship coaching, but then she would have said to her friend, oh, I know someone that could help you really get confidence in this area. And this person would come into my life with this specific issue and the coaching would come. And I just, the more I led myself, the more extraordinary people kind of were led and guided to me. Mm -hmm. And I started building this business. I fell in love with coaching and mentoring, but it wasn't really scalable because it was one-on-one. Everything I did was one-on-one. Yeah. And so I started wondering like, how, how do you scale this? thing? How does it become more? And so I started doing masterminds, uh, very small masterminds at first and very small group coaching programs. And then one day the Alpha Femme brand came through. I had tried a couple of different brands, but nothing had really keyed off. This was in 2013. I started like 2016, 17. I went online with Alpha Femme. I opened my first ever Facebook group and things really started to to move. All of a sudden I had a hundred thousand dollar launch on the internet and started teaching people 
you know, the energetics of referrals and building a sustainable business through customer experience and referrals. And then my business started to grow. My social media started to grow. And so still to this day, we still don't have an actual website. Everything that we do is through connection, relationships, referrals. Every single thing I do is is built this way. But we have now, since 2017, which is when Alpha Femme came to be on, online, we've now built like oh, an almost $70 million brand, which is out of this world. Yeah. It's all done through energetics and very a very unconventional approach to business. Yes. Yes. I, I love it. And I love that it the thread that pulled through all of this was connection, right? Mm. And it's so timely that we're having this conversation, Melanie, because I believe that with the shifts that are happening in 2023, a lot of people are shifting back to wanting to buy through relationship, at, through a very consultative approach. And I feel that uh, the internet got very explosive and transactional over the last couple of years, which in some ways is great and it's fun and things go really fast and you know all of that. But you do lose a little bit of the magic that happens through connection. And so I would love for you to share some of the things that you feel you did well in that process when you talk about building uh, this scalable growth through connection and relationships. And what were some of the things that you felt you did well uh, in those early stages of the business that allowed you to then take that concept and, and scale it? So one of the things I've always noticed, even from the beginning, is that I tend to like to go just a little bit in a different direction than where everybody else is going. Like when I see traffic, I try to I try to look for another side road. And Amen. So what I started seeing in in the traffic of what I was hearing on social media a lot is a, a lot of external growth strategies, a lot of external growth strategies, which I'm all about. But it felt like if everybody's talking about external growth strategies and so many people are buying into external growth tra- strategies, mm-hmm. why isn't everyone just succeeding? There has to be something missing if external growth strategies are the big thing, are the the traffic jam. It's where everybody's going and not everybody's succeeding. What's missing? And so I wondered what happens? How did I build this with absolutely no external growth strategy is all eternal. My ability to connect with a stranger, my ability to take care of a person and care about the client that the business has grown basically through my ability to connect with people, my emotional intelligence, my communication, my deliverables, like everything is internal. And so I created a very much, almost like a mirror effect to what the traffic jam was showing me and where everyone was going outward in their strategy, I went completely inward and started working on emotional intelligence, communication, just everything that makes a person stand out, vocabulary, storytelling, things that are very like personal to a person. And what I found is that people were starting to really be magnetized, not to what I do, but who I am. Mm-hmm. And what I do just was just intriguing and good and great. And I was very yeah. good at what I did, but a lot of people are very good and great at what they do. And so yes. why do you choose a person on the internet? And so what started happening is people were choosing me based on who I was and then realizing how great I was on the back end, which created this incredible, again, referral loop system, which was kind of yeah. extraordinary. But I would say the biggest thing that I do and that I help my clients do is create this really strong internal power where no matter what is going on outside, whether people are talking about a pandemic or a recession or whatever it is, that you've cultivated so much strength on the inside that you're kind of shielded from the danger because 
the strength is here already. Yes. Yes. No, I, I, I love that. And when did you know that you were being called or how did you pivot from that initial business of the life coaching side of things? Then you kind of evolved into like the, the referrals and, and that whole piece of things. And, and now you're really um, known, you know, you're, you're really well known around the, the wealth energetics piece of things, right? And, and you teach this and you have a very unique way that you do what you do and that you magnetize people to the brand, but more importantly, that you empower people to, you know, magnetize what they want in their lives. So talk a little bit about the evolution into the wealth energetics and, and for the people listening, um, you know, there's a lot of people here that may have never sat and listened to a conversation about wealth energetics. So like, let's start at the very beginning. Um, how would you define that? And then let's, let's talk a little bit about how do you begin to harness the power that you have, right. To, to elevate your capacity for wealth and to, you know, master this concept, like where do you begin? Right. So I am very, lucky in the sense where a lot of the breakthroughs and the the shifts and the pivots in my in my business happened because clients asked for it. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when my business started doing quite well and people were noticing how many people were in my programs and they were asking questions like how much did you make off this launch? Mm-hmm. And at first I remember feeling really odd when people would ask me that like are you allowed to ask me that? Are you allowed yeah. to ask people how much they make now? Is that a thing? Um but I I just thought I mean, they could do the math. How much was the yeah. program? How many people are there? So yeah, I just started answering that question. Mm-hmm. And when I started answering the question, people were like, what? <laughs> and so they're like, can you tell us about that? Like, how are you doing that? Yeah. And so I, then I had to think about it. And what I realized is when it comes to success, a lot of times you wonder how to do it till you wonder how you did it. Because I sat there yeah. puzzled, like, how the heck did I do this? Yeah, yeah. And so it had me thinking like, it just goes to show how internal strategies are so special because they're not this like, I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. It's more when you look back yeah. in hindsight, you've got the story of what you did. Is it duplicable? I don't know. So mm-hmm. what I started studying was my own success. Mm-hmm. What makes this work? Why is it that this is working? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would try to duplicate, to do the same thing again, and it wouldn't work at all. Mm-hmm. And so this is when I started realizing what wealth energetics are, which is the difference between wealth strategies. So wealth strategies is you find something that works, you do it again, and it works, and you do it again, and it works like a live launch or something like that, that it works. That's a strategy. That's amazing. We need that. But why is it that you could do one live launch and you kill it and you do the next one, it fails? That's wealth energetics. Mm-hmm. And so I became far more fascinated with wealth energetics because I thought there are so many intelligent people on the planet teaching strategy. Mm-hmm. everybody's back is taken care of at this point. Like everybody's, everybody's good. Find a, a person that you like their strategy. Yeah. yeah. Do give it a shot. And if you're struggling with it, come to me and I'll help you figure out what's yeah. going on. And so I was doing a lot of the internal work with my clients. And it's so crazy what we, what I found out in the journey of it, it's identity work. What I do with my yeah. clients, Wealth energetics is very much so identity work. Like I, I was a poor person. Mm-hmm. for the longest time. And so being a poor person makes it impossible to succeed at a launch because it's who you are to fail. So mm-hmm. you got to, it's got, you got to change who you are. And it's such an interesting journey to change who you are without disliking who you are, to change who you yeah. are from an evolutionary standpoint and a love and respect for yourself and an, an excitement for the story of who you become one day and not against yourself to run away from yourself or because you weren't good enough. And so the art of business energetics became the, the at the forefront of all of my teachings. It, it wasn't just about what you do. It's who you are when you do it. 
And as I started working with clients like this, we started seeing unrealistic growth, like makes no sense kind of growth with my clients, with myself. And, And that's really when things started to change for me. People were asking more and more and more for me to talk about money and for me to talk about yeah. wealth and for me to talk about identity work more and more and more and more. And that's kind of what broke me through. I have like two big reasons people work with me and then so many things in the middle that branch everything together, but there's feminine energy leadership and wealth energetics. Mm-hmm. So how to be a woman that is still feminine in her leadership and to not go so much in that masculine energy, like finding that feminine energy yeah. balance so that yeah. you can manifest as well as work. So you don't just override the universe, yeah. override God and just work so, so, so hard, but find that balance of manifestation yeah. and then wealth energetics. And then those became my two biggest pillars and I'm filled in the blanks with everything else. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. It, it's absolutely fascinating. I want to go back to the concept of self-identity because mm-hmm. I think that that is uh, one of the number one reasons why people can take a lot of action and see no results because when it's in conflict with your identity that that you you have a self identity that is abcxyz and those inroads are so deep they are they are dug so deep within you that it it almost i i think in our bodies and in our minds feels unsafe to branch out of that identity that maybe has been a lifetime in the making it's it's all we know of ourselves right uh, I know I, I recorded a, a session recently that was really talking about like how to form a new identity and then how to step into that. But I would love for you to explore that a little bit deeper and tell me, I mean, when you see people that are taking a lot of action and are not seeing the results, do you feel that a big piece of that is around the identity piece? Um, what are some of the other things that you come across often with your clients that you're like, yes, you're doing these external things? But because this internal thing is still not in alignment, it doesn't matter how much you do outside, it the the results aren't going to come. Like, talk to me a little bit about some of those things. So I, it's crazy we're talking about this because I literally just led this in my unconventional master course this morning. The big the big thing that I would shine about this yeah. is a lot of people are actually sabotaging. Oh, yeah. not on purpose, but it's actually self inflicted yes. most of yes. it. Because it's like that line in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Mm-hmm. And people want to avoid great responsibility at all costs, even the cost of power. Mm-hmm. And so I see people give up their power all the time just so that they get to blame something or someone else when things go wrong. And mm-hmm. I see this every day, everywhere, all the time. Because it's so mm-hmm. it's so liberating to get to say, I don't have this because she did that. I don't have this because he did this. I, yes. didn't do, I don't have this because they dropped the ball. And, and to give that up is like giving away your, your binky. Yeah. Like it, it's the grown up version of security that you're giving up on the day where you say it is all me. Oh, if girl. I have something, it's me. And if I don't have something, it's me. It is I, I am the one, the responsible yeah. one for this life. Like it is the greatest thing when things are going well, it is the most difficult things when things aren't going well. And so there's this like attachment to the right to blame that people are not willing to let go of. But the thing is, is it's either power and responsibility or no power, no responsibility. And until you fully make that choice, you're in this limbo game where you do your best, but something happens. So it didn't work, but it wasn't your fault. And you get to be in that loop. So I think the biggest trap, it's like the, the identity work ditch 
or the identity work, you know, when you get stuck, when you go into the ocean and there's that undercurrent that makes you fall and makes bathing suit fall off and you can't get back on like that, that current wave right at the edge of the shore, that, that undertow, like that is the ditch at the undertow is the place where most people get stuck in identity work, which is simply, I want to be fully responsible as long as I'm nailing it. But as soon as I'm failing, I want someone else to take the fall for it. I mean, can I carve that in stone? Or do we need to talk about what's going on in the world right now? Or I mean, you're you're opening up something that it's not good to start talking to me about, Melanie, because I have a lot to Uh-oh. say about it. Um, but but that that that's exactly it. And I think I think you just nailed it right there. You you just absolutely nailed it. And I see it in business. I see it in life. I see it in relationships. I see it in society. I see it. I call it living above the line. Right? Mm-hmm. There's people that live above the line that take radical responsibility for their life and everything in it, and they see themselves as the source and their life is the effect. And then there's the people that live below the line. And when you, when you live below the line, you abdicate your power and you blame and you point the finger and it's everyone else's fault but your own and you couldn't have possibly succeeded because of ABC, XYZ. And you just gave up on all of your goals, all of your dreams, all of your human potential and everything in between, right? And it's so interesting that you call it that because I've I've... I've talked about this before, this line. I've I've had the exact same experience. So for anybody listening to the listening to this, like I encourage you to see if you can experience this line because if Kelly calls that and I call it that, there's something about an experience of there being a line. But the way I felt it in my body is literally like there's a way that I can be that I know I'm below my energetic line. It's it's there's a line that I can be below the energetic line in my own energy. Yes. And there's an energy where I'm above that energetic line. And when I'm above that energetic line, the answers are there. The speed is there. The confidence is there. It's like I'm switched on. It's like a light switch. There's a line in the middle and you click it on or off. And that's, it's literally that that's it for us as well. So you can play with that energy in your body and notice when you're going in that negative loop, when you're stuck in the ditch, when you're stuck in the undertow, you're probably underneath the line where you're being pulled by something. You're being, you're being dragged in. That's what it feels like. It's not your fault. It's not your responsibility. So one of the things that really helped me in a sentence that it's difficult at first, because sometimes it, it, I mean, it really does feel true that it's someone else's fault. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, it's not our fault. It's our responsibility. And that is so different. So when something bad happens to you, it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility. So if it happened bad and it stayed bad, that was your responsibility. If it happened bad and it stayed bad, that's your life. Yes. But we want to say the bad thing happened, which wasn't my fault. So now we're here. But it's like, no, Mm-mm. bad thing happened that wasn't your fault, but you're still there. That's your responsibility. And when that stops being, and listen, I, I messed my life up really bad at a point because this was a very difficult concept for me to grasp and I needed to blame everything for everyone for everything. I was not good at taking responsibility at all. And I messed up my entire life this way. It felt so insulting. Anytime anyone ever said to me, I needed to take responsibility, my mind would immediately go to the worst thing I, that yes. had happened to me that I could throw in a person's face for making me even consider that that could be true. So you're telling me it's my fault that blah, blah, blah happened to me. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that it's my fault that blah, blah, blah happened to me. I would I would come up with the worst thing that would make that person feel ashamed of themselves for even bringing the concept forward to shut them up. If you find yourself doing that, you're probably in the under, in the undertow. You're probably in the ditch. So good. It's so good. It's so good. And you can't have what you want in life until you have the ability to identify when you're in the ditch. 
yeah. and 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 crawl, climb, scrape, and until you're out, right? Because we've all been in the ditch. Every person's been in the ditch, and and I think it's such a great reminder. I mean, you've built this unbelievable empire. You do this incredible work. You do it totally different than anyone else. There there is no there is no like who is Melanie like and how she does what she does. Like you are your own category of one and. You know, I love the fact that you can sit here and say, like, I had a point in my life where I was that person and I recognized this pattern. And in order to become this person, <laughs> that pattern had to stop, right? Because we've we've all been there. Um, and so for you, was there was there a turning point or was there a moment where you kind of recognize that you weren't going to get what you wanted out of life if you didn't change that? Or was there a certain situation that that made you recognize? And I'm asking that. Let me, let me say why I'm asking that. What I see, Melanie, is that most people, when they're in that blame game um, or ditch or whatever you want to call it, they yeah. really genuinely don't believe that they're there. Like they convince themselves to a very, very strong degree. Like they will fight you. Like when when someone's there, they're usually so hellbent on on that belief that they've claimed in that moment that it is not their fault and that it is because of ABCXYZ that they're not, there's no reasoning with someone usually when they're in that state. So I'm asking the question because I don't believe that this can come from anything outside of you. There has to be a transformation from the inside out where you recognize that you in some area of your life are being that person and not the person that you want to be and need to be to get to to where you want to be. That transformation has to happen from the inside out or you're just going to cycle through this for the rest of your life because no one can come in and save you. I say this all the time. No one's coming to save you. Right, you you have to save yourself. You have to go through that that change, right? I, I okay. There's so many thoughts going through my head, but one one analogy that comes to my mind in this moment, and I learned this in Mexico a few years ago, is that a lot of times when there's like a poisonous tree, the antidote tree is like three trees away. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like if you touch this tree, you'll get hives everywhere. But please don't worry because three three trees away somewhere within a three foot radius is the antidote tree. That's and it. in nature, it's often like that. Mm-hmm. We're nature. So I feel like we're our own kryptonite, but our antidote is very, very close by all the time. We're always able to self-regulate and self-heal yeah. the very thing that's the, the issue. And in nature, when something is poisonous, it's usually a defense mechanism, which is also the same, I think, to say for us. And so it's not always like something happens in your life and it's this one defining moment and everything changes and nothing is ever the same again and you've changed forever. It's more like there's this one defining moment where you have awareness. And if you have the wherewithal to stay connected to that awareness and to keep following that path and to remind yourself that you have that poison, then whenever you're feeling like you're infected, you can start to look for the antidote because it isn't even true to say, I used to have this victim mentality. And then one day I turned it around and I never had it again. That wouldn't even be true because there's times at this level of success in my life where horrible things have happened. Yes. There are next level problems, but that that victim mind came right back and it's, but at a whole other level, you know, Mm -hmm. feeling victimized by social media haters, feeling victimized by disgruntled, whoever like that will still come back and it can paralyze me even now It's just at another level until I realize I'm being poisoned by my own defense mechanism. Then I've got to look for the antidote. 
And the antidote is this responsibility piece where I've got to take the, the medicine that I have. But it's so wild when we're, when we're being, when we're in this reaction, we've been poisoned. The tree has poisoned us. The person has poisoned us. We don't feel good. It's very clear that we've got hives all over and we're not in a good way. We're so focused on the pain and the fear and the hurt and the anger and the blame that we're just not remembering that the antidote yeah. is three trees away. And it is always three trees away. And it, But the thing is, we've got to take it. And yeah. sometimes it just feels good to be allowed to be mad. And I know, I know when we're out of it, sometimes it's so easy to see other people do it, or we can look back at ourselves and be like, yeah, it's true. But there, sometimes we hold everything together for everybody. We're the strong one all the time. And when something bad enough, bad enough happens to us, sometimes we will milk that thing just to be allowed to not be the strong one because this is a bad enough thing. I hear you. You know, like this one, I'm allowed. I have the right to be miserable. This moment of self-righteousness brought to you by me, I am allowed to be sad because this is really bad and I'm always strong, but this is extra bad. So I'm giving myself the right to be super mad about this. I love it. And so it's like asking myself, is this moment of self-righteousness yeah. worth compromising my entire energetic vibration over? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I have the wherewithal to just be like, no. And other times I need to be poisoned and see the hives and go out. Yeah. Where's yeah. the no. Where's the antidote? For sure. That's so good. It, it's so good. And it's so true. And it, it yeah, absolutely. And it, it, it comes and goes in different forms and fashions depending on where you are in your life, in your business, what you have happening. And, uh, but we're all still human, right? We're all still human. And so that that's part of our humanness, you know? Okay. And I think yeah. anybody who tries to change their identity of human will fail because that's the one thing you're not going to change. Yeah. So there's always going to be the ordinary human part of you. Mm -hmm. It's the extra part that we're working on, the extra yeah. ordinary. Yeah. And that comes one little moment a day. A couple of moments a week, you've got to be able to like recognize your shine when it comes, but you can't just look at every time you're normal and human and point fingers at how you haven't changed. You've got to do the opposite. For sure. For sure. I mean, I always say, you know, the, the difference between champions and everyone else is their recovery rate. And mm -hmm. I, I look at everything we do in life through the lens of like an athlete, right? Because the best athletes in the world are the ones that had the most misses, the most fails, the most, you know, the most times that they fell, got injured, um, you know, uh, didn't secure the the success that they wanted. Um, but they have a better recovery rate mentally, mentally. And, and I think that then because it, because of them having a better recovery rate mentally, they have a better recovery rate physically. Right. But we're, it's, it's the same thing. We're, yeah. Our, our humanness remains, but it's it's our recovery rate that we can evolve and our ability, like you said, to see the thread of awareness and then to actually carry that thread of awareness forward versus having to learn the same lesson over and over and over again. And there's no new, there's no change. Nothing changes, right? True. Okay. So this is this is such a good conversation. And I think it's it's just it's such a good reminder. We have so many high performing leaders that listen to this show. And I it doesn't matter what level of performance you're at. Everyone here is trying to get to the next level. And that radical responsibility and that radical self-ownership uh around everything in your life and how you're reacting and responding to it is the only way you can get to that next level, right? And 
and identifying yourself as a champion that can recover quickly and can process and learn and, and grow, I think is so key. So when you think about um, the transformations that you do with your clients and the wealth energetics work that you're doing, you know, when we when we look at someone who wants to get to a level of wealth that they've never been able to achieve before and and they begin to work on themselves, Melanie, they begin to go down this path of like, I recognize that it it comes from in me and through me, and then it's going to manifest outside of me. Like, what are some things that you would just give as like food for thought for people that are listening to the show today when it comes to that? So I think a big part of it is the way we do things. So I can tell when a person comes to me wanting growth, usually in the first five minutes, I can tell if they're close to it or if they're going the wrong direction, just based on why and how they're going about it. When you want more because you feel like a failure here, it's always going to be harder because it's just not the correct direction. You're going against the current. Yeah. It, growth is a compound effect. So yeah. you've got to enter the compound effect, which means grateful for where I am, excited for where I'm going. I call it the walk of evolution. It's like if you were to stand with both feet, just planted in gratitude, you wouldn't move much, but you'd be happy. If you lifted both feet trying to leap in desire, you'd probably fall on your butt. And that's what a lot of people do. So the walk of evolution is you move one foot in desire and then you plant it firmly in gratitude and you lift the other foot in desire and then you plant it firmly in gratitude. One foot lifting in desire, one foot planted in gratitude, one foot in desire, one foot in gratitude, one foot in desire, one foot in gratitude. And that's the walk of evolution. So if you want to be more successful, you're not going to get the more successful that you want to feel because let's be very clear, you becoming more successful in a way that makes you feel more stressed, unstable, like someone's out to get you, like you've done something wrong, will not be sustainable and you're not going to be happy. So you don't just want to be more successful. You want to be successful the right way. And that is masterful. This is an art, the art of business. Yeah. So you want to you want to look at what you've done and you want to come at it with this energy of, I am I am doing so well and this is so great and I'm excited for growth as yeah. opposed to, I've been stuck here. I'm at a plateau. I'm looking at my competition, killing it. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Like that's what's wrong right off the hop. What's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so I really love to look at business. Like you talk about it a lot and with sports analogies, I love to look at it very much with art analogies. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at a, a sold out concert, what created the sold out concert was the artist. The artist created the sold out concert. Now they have this extraordinary show. They perform their best songs. It's all great. What do people want to know? When's the next album coming out? Mm -hmm. So how does this person now have the show of their life, the rock star show of their life, go back to their hotel room and be like, okay, I've got to write another album right now. It's not how it's going to work. Right. You've got, it's like the best time to launch something extraordinary is on the back end of a masterpiece. Mm -hmm. So can you, can you compound the rock star energy of that launch? Yeah. No matter how many people showed up, doesn't matter. Can you compound the identity of the person who just did a launch that worked, that just nailed this month, that just had a huge thing? You, you tell the story the way that it empowers you. Yeah. What's the next move if you're going to enter the compound effect? You've got to make it feel like there's momentum. Yeah. And if you can do that, the next move feels like fun. It feels like reaching for the next logical, tangible, capable thing to be doing instead of. It makes no sense. How can I get excited about this? This launch was not as good as I wanted. Yeah. Where's the gratitude? There's got to be some. 
You've got to be able to extract some, I nailed this, for your own well-being, for your own memories, for your own confidence in order to go and reach for the next thing. So it's how you go about it. If it's mm-hmm. constantly, well, we got one song on the on the top of the charts. Okay, great. Now we've got to hit, we've got to write a second one. Yeah. But your song is on the charts. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, but it's going to fall and then we need another one. Yeah. That is how people fall into addiction. It's how they fall into depression. It's how they end up hating their very passion in the end. So if you don't create this momentum of I'm on a roll and you decide like, I want to feel like I'm on a roll for the rest of my life. So I've got to get really good at evolution Yeah. because the as a matter of fact is the greatest part of success is growth yeah. because even when you do something amazing, someone in the world is going to show you something better and something greater. So if you don't have a very solid evolutionary mind, it'll always just feel like you're not good enough. And that really is the the dilemma of the entrepreneur. You have two choices. You're never good enough because by the time you've achieved something, you already know you're capable of something else or you've met someone who's done something more. So you're either never good enough or you're on a journey of evolution and growth over a lifetime. In which case, even when you see a new thing that you want, you're like, of course I do. I'm already ready for the next level. When you do a a live and and all of a sudden you're like, oh gosh, I could have done better. You're like, yes, I'm already better by the time I finish a live stream. That's how fast we're moving around here. By the time you've done a month and you're like, I could have done so much more. Like, yeah, I'm already evolving over here. That evolutionary mindset, if you see it like that, instead of I'm never good enough, will change your perception of yourself. You'll see yourself as a work of art and a work in progress all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's, it's such a good perspective. And, and I think it all comes back to gratitude. I, I, I think that gratitude is the ultimate catalyst for a happy and fulfilling life. I think it's the centerpiece of everything. And that's really what you're pointing everyone back to, which is be grateful for the way that you've grown, love yourself, enjoy and appreciate the success and the wins that you've had. And then use that to magnify and accelerate what you're creating for the future. So brilliant stuff. Basically acknowledgement of the thing you have that you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And so what better relationship can you have with God? What better relationship can you have with the universe that you acknowledge the things you receive that you wanted? Isn't that how you create a relationship with anyone in your life? You acknowledge the things that you receive that you wanted you were, you have a great evening. You say, thank you. This was the greatest evening because yeah. you want to e- express that this was great because the person deserves to know, well, doesn't God in the universe also deserve to know? And that's really what gratitude is. So if you're like, well, I can't be grateful because if not, it'll seem like I'm satisfied by this. It's like, no, you get to have one foot in gratitude and one foot in desire. But I found a big, a big piece of the puzzle for me in the growth of my, of my business has been celebration really anchoring in milestones, really celebrating. And I, I've said celebrations, a party thrown in the name of gratitude. Yeah. Because a lot of times people get to this result and they don't feel excited anymore and they're trying to be grateful, but they've, yeah. they've miscommunicated yeah. in their brain, gratitude and excitement. You're not supposed yes. to be excited. It's already a match for who you are. You get excited for the thing yeah. you don't know if you can do yet. You don't get excited for the thing you have. That's when you've got to tap into gratitude. So your celebrations don't need to be, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Your your celebrations get to be like, I knew it. Yeah. And that is when you start really compounding your greatness and you start to own this new identity. We're celebrating because we said we would and we did. And that that's something else. Yeah. A gratitude of deep desire for this beautiful 
relationships you have with your clients and your team and God and the universe and how everything's working for you. And yes, thank you. And more please. And what are we going for next? And this compound effect, yeah. it changes your, your center of magnetism. It changes how people want to work with you. It changes how many people refer you. It changes everything because you've now become someone that's enjoyable to be around. And businesses more than ever right now are banking on people's experience. And what's people's experience of you if you're constantly dissatisfied and not feeling enough, your point of attraction is much lower. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. So good. Okay. Melanie, where do you want the listeners to come find you? Where do you want them to come find you and connect with you and absorb more of this amazingness? So I have a very unconventional approach <laughs> to business. Uh, right now, the way to connect with me is through social media. So on Instagram, on my Melanie Ann Layer account that I've just started looking at for the first time in years, I'm doing a reels challenge, three, six, five for reels, the reels challenge that I'm doing with my clients. And so I'm posting a reel every day. So you're going to get to see the behind the scenes of my life and who I am and how I do what I do. Uh, I also have my Alpha Fem account where anytime there's a masterclass or a course or something that gets advertised, you see it on there. And then on my on my Facebook page, I'm also on LinkedIn uh, because Kelly inspired me yes. with LinkedIn. And so that's exciting. Um, but those are those are the places for now. And as I said, no social media, but everything is very connected. You're gonna see if you've watched this show, you know, send send me a message on Instagram, whether on my Melanie and Layer or uh, Alpha Fem, and you'll see the Alpha Fem team is in there. You know, be happy to see that you that you watch the show and that you enjoyed it and stay connected. So everything is social media for now. Love it, love it. We're going to put all of Melanie's handles down in the show notes down below, and she has just an incredibly artistic approach to everything that she does. So definitely follow along, connect with her, learn and grow with her. Melanie, it was great having you on the show today. Thank you for everything that you shared. It was awesome having you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Until next time, guys, share this episode with someone that you care about because sharing is caring. Let's impact and change the world together. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week. We'll see.